Hello and welcome to the Work of All Being podcast. I'm Amy from The Wellness Strategy and I'm your host and sometimes just the person you're going to listen to talk. We have a range of episodes. If you haven't already dived into those, please go ahead and do so. But what this podcast really is about is giving you insights into different things that support well-being that perhaps we don't always think of. We have a range of guests who are going to broaden our understanding and experience on what well-being actually looks like, especially in the workplace. And I too will be sharing with you tips, insights, strategies, and just my overall thinking and ramblings. So hang out with us as much as you can, learn as much as you can. And if there's anything you want me to speak of or a guest you want me to interview, absolutely let me know because this is the work of well-being, which means all of us are here together to do the work that matters most so you can have a thriving, fulfilling life both in and out of the workplace. Hello, wonderful people. How are you? Welcome back to another episode of the Wellbeing Podcast. Um, I'm thinking of changing the podcast name so that it has four schools or four teachers in it. Anyway, let me know what you think about that. Um, just trying to find ways to get this into more educated hands because it's what we need, right? If we want to drive change, we've got to have these conversations. And I want to have a conversation with you today around what is your wellness strategy? Um, I quite uh, have enjoyed talking about this. If you are with hanging out with me on LinkedIn, and if you're not, you should be, um, I wrote an article about this. And what it highlights is that you know, we really need a strategy if we want to improve well-being. But one of the reasons that I absolutely have loved talking about this is because my business is actually called the wellness strategy. It doesn't have anything to do with well-being. It doesn't have teacher well-being in the title, despite that being my book. And there is a reason for it. And I kind of realized I haven't actually spoken about it. And when I unpack it for you, you're going to realize it makes sense. So first of all, well-being is actually a state. It's a state of feeling happy and healthy. That's what the Oxford Dictionary says anyhow. It's a state of, and you know, I talk about well-being as being a state um, and the World Health Organization says it's a state of mental health. You know, well-being is a state where we can work productively. We know our abilities. We are able to engage with those around us and we can manage everyday stress. It's a state of functioning, but wellness is a little bit different. You see, wellness is actually the state of being healthy when you actively try to achieve it. So well-being is the general state of feeling healthy and happy, but wellness is the state combined with what you do, the doing piece. And if you, uh, you maybe know me or you've been hanging out with me for a while or I have worked with your school or spoken at your school, or you've heard me do something, you will know I am all about strategy. This is not wishing, waiting, and hoping. This cannot be left to chance. And, you know, in my book, I talk about 10 mistakes, and and a few of those are around waiting for the system to change, waiting until we hit rock bottom, uh, thinking that something massive needs to happen before we do anything about it. And I just don't believe in that. I think, you know, if we really want change, if we really want things to be different, we have to actively participate in our own well-being, which means we need a wellness strategy, not just individually, but collectively, not just for you, but for your workplace. This is paramount to driving change. And we don't often have wellness strategies. What we have are random ad hoc events that we hope will drive some kind of long-term meaningful change, but they don't. So we need a well-thought-out plan 
We need a well thought out strategy. Now, we may not stick to this strategy all the time. It may not work 100%. It may not go to plan. But the point is we're actively doing things, which is very different to wishing, waiting and hoping things will be different or better or thinking we'll do it tomorrow or randomly doing stuff and then wondering why nothing works. So I want to talk about wellness through a lens of you, through really getting you to consider what your wellness strategy is, because it's not just about being happy. That's well-being. That's your state. This is actually about getting you to consider what do you prioritize and how do you actively work on those things? And also knowing that if you don't actively work on those things at a workplace or school or team level also, then we're not going to see an improvement there. So it's not that we shouldn't have a strategy behind this and think that we just need to do nice things it's that a strategy is what's going to drive change you know it's kind of interesting because in a school context we have to have strategy strategic plans action plans for whole school implementation for whole school goals for pdps if we have them and well-being is one of those things that requires a strategy and we should be actively putting this on strategic plans or pdps and what's actually phenomenal is that some people are, some schools are, and I think amazing, you know, that's so much music to my ears, so loud, like fireworks, phenomenal stuff. And we need it. We absolutely need it. And so I want to talk about your well-being. I want you to think about your well-being differently. I want you to remind I want to remind you that if you don't prioritize your well-being, if you don't actually make it a priority for you, but you're considering how it looks in your workplace, well then it's going to be super hard. Also kind of contradictory too, right? If we look at workplace wellbeing, but don't look at our own, we've got to do both. And so what I want to share with you is that even though at times we might think looking after or prioritizing or knowing what to do for our wellbeing is hard, or you might even convince yourself you don't have time, or you're not as important as someone else, or you tell yourself you're going to wait until holidays to look after your wellbeing and do something about it. It's not actually helpful. You know, we sometimes say these things because we actually don't know where to start. We don't know what to do. Uh, we don't know how to make it happen. We might actually have a strategy but not know how to implement it. We might think we're going to let other people down. We might think we're not as important as someone else. We might think we can kind of hold on until holidays, but it's not always true. In fact, if we always hold on to holidays, there's a strong chance that it's going to get worse and worse at each term and each time and I think that's my own experience and when I speak to others that's often what they share and we're just not as effective we don't function as well we don't think as well we don't make decisions as well we don't support others well if we don't look after ourselves. you know there really is truth to you can't pour from an empty cup you have to know how to fill yourself back up but instead of thinking it as filling your cup it's almost like how do I keep water in the vase? You know, we can't wait until it's empty and then top it back up because flowers die. We have to keep water in there all the time. So how do we maintain that level? And how far can you let it dip down before you start to notice the impact of it? And when do you need to fill it back up? You definitely don't want to wait until it's empty. It's, it's so imperative to change. And so even though you know, looking after, prioritizing or knowing what to do for your well-being is hard. I really do believe that if we work on our well-being, then we're going to see change. And it actually shouldn't be 
hard, but it might be hard work. And there is a difference. You know, if you're a believer that working on your well-being is hard, I want to share with you that it doesn't have to be and it shouldn't be that way. However, it may require hard work and there is definitely a difference between these two things. You know, this this difference is really imperative to understand because with the truth of what we believe and what hides in the stories we tell ourselves is what actually becomes our reality. And so the story we choose to believe around well-being is actually what's going to support us to be able to take action or not. And if you are telling yourself that it's hard, if you're telling yourself you don't have time, if you're telling yourself you're too busy, then guess what? It's going to be hard. You won't have time. And you're probably going to make sure that you're busy because what we tell ourselves we like to be true. It it's ego behavior. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. And we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to be like, oh, I've been telling myself all day I'm busy, but then actually I'm not that busy. So what will I do now? I mean, that's a skill in itself. I even catch myself sometimes saying, oh, I'm busy. I've got so many things to do. And then in the afternoon, I'm like, oh, I've done all those things. How amazing. What will I do with that now? How can I better spend that time working on myself, working on something for my own well-being, rather than finding something else to do? Oh, there's a big difference in that, in that way of thinking. So we got to know our stories, right? we got to know what we're telling ourselves, what might be getting in the way, what might be stopping us. And, and truth is, when we set to work on our well-being, it actually should be easy and feel good. Now, this doesn't mean it's not going to require hard work to get started. What I mean is, you know, it should align with your values. It should become easier over time. It should become part of your daily habits and rituals. And when you do this, your state of well-being improves. Now, I mean, we can all take the example of movement and exercise, for example. It might be hard work, but we know it's going to feel good once we do it. We know long term, once we've embedded that habit, it's going to feel good. Same as going to bed earlier. It might be hard work to turn off the TV, to actually force yourself to get off the couch and go and start an evening routine and head to bed earlier, listen to some meditation music, read a book, turn lights out, etc. But you know you're going to feel better once you do it. And you know once you start doing it consistently and it's a habit, it's going to feel amazing. And so even though it requires hard work, it should be easy long long term and it should feel good. And that is the difference between when we are randomly doing self-care things to actually embedding habits that support well-being long term. This is really important to understand. Now, as mentioned, my business is called The Wellness Strategy because I am a believer in action and I'm a believer that it is action that creates change. And so if we want to achieve a state of happiness around, sorry, a state of well-being around happiness, health, fulfillment, meaning or purpose or um, contribution or connection or growth, then we actually have to take meaningful, intentional action. The action you take is your wellness strategy. And it's actually what leads to your desired state of well-being. You can't achieve your desired state of well-being without action. You need a wellness strategy to back it up. So what is your wellness strategy? Do you have one? Do you have daily habits? Do you have actions or rituals that support you to feel how you want to feel? Or are you kind of just hoping it's going to happen naturally on its own? Because we're all talking about it, right? We're all talking about how it matters. We're all talking about how it needs to be different. We all talk about how it needs to be prioritized. But what are you doing? What pieces are you implementing? You know, this is a case of underestimating the small things that contribute to our, our overall state of well-being and overestimating the big things like having a break in school holidays. That's not going to fix everything. It is the small things that matter. And when you actually take a strategy that you want to achieve or take something you want to do and break it into those bite-sized pieces and chunks, what you realize is that by engaging in your wellness strategy, 
your desired well-being state happens as a result of this. So it happens by turning off the TV. It happens by going to bed earlier. It happens by setting aside 20 minutes a day to clear your inbox. It happens by putting aside 10 minutes each morning to make sure you have taken a few deep breaths, slowed down, checked in with how you're feeling and ask yourself what you need. It happens with intentional strategy. If you're not intentional though, your result is likely to not be what you want it to be. And that's kind of why you're like, well, I'm doing stuff, but it's not really working. If you're doing random ad hoc stuff, one day you do this, one day you do that, and it's not consistent, it's very unlikely that it's going to get the result that you want. You know, your well-being strategy really needs to be planned. Sorry, your wellness strategy needs to be planned to support well-being. And whilst it may require hard work, it shouldn't be hard. Yep. You know, you might need to exercise more and perhaps it might feel hard. It may feel icky to do it initially, but we know the benefits are there. It might feel hard to kind of set boundaries, but we know once the boundaries are in place, the benefits are really compounding and it might cause a little bit of stress to stop checking emails in the evening. But as you build the habits, you're going to realize that this is the hard work that becomes easier. And once established, all these things combined make up your wellness strategy to support well-being. It is not one little thing. It is not one yoga class a week. It is not one meditation session. It is not waiting until Friday to go and get a massage. It is the compounding daily habits. You see, your actions, habits, and rituals are always impacting your well-being, whether you're aware of it or not. So you need to take time to consider the well-being state you're trying to create and how to do it. And then ask yourself, you know, what are the daily habits and rituals and bits and pieces that I'm doing? And am I aware of how they're contributing to our well-being? Because sometimes we're doing things and we're actually not even aware. We're not aware of the food we're eating and we're not aware of how it impacts us. We're not aware of the conversations we're having or how it impacts us. We're not aware of where we're focusing our energy and how it impacts us. We have to bring awareness to all of those actions, habits and rituals and ask ourselves, is this good for us? Is it actually supporting my well-being? It's part of my wellness strategy, whether I'm aware of it or not. So I want to finish with this question. I want you to consider do you have a wellness strategy to support your desired state of well-being? Or are you hoping that ad hoc, sporadic activities and events will be enough? So you're kind of leaving it to chance. You know, do you have a strategy? Or are you just leaving it to chance? And what I want to say too is if you don't have a strategy because you don't even know what your desired state is, then what you need to do is spend some time thinking and figuring that out. That is the first step. That is what you need a strategy for, to figure out what your desired well-being state is. That might include journaling, that might include reflections, that might actually even be, you know, going down the path of what does a good state of well-being look like? You know, is, is that possible for me? It's not the same for everyone. It's not going to be the same as the person you follow on Instagram or the same as your best friend or whatever. It's really doing that internal work first and then going. So if that's what I want to be like if that's what I want my well-being to be if that's how I want to feel then how can I achieve that and so I know for me I often get asked like what is my how do I know if my well-being's in check and for me it, it, it's an I suppose it's it's a combination of most of the time feeling calm and grounded and centered knowing that if things do come my way because it's not about never being stressed stress is definitely part of it stress is inevitable if you're a human it, but it's knowing I can cope and better manage those things is recognizing the signs of where 
I may be pushing it too much and being able to be present in my day. They're the, they're the things that really make up my well-being. So I need strategy for that, which means for me to feel calm and grounded, I actually have to do a certain amount of movement each day. I need to exercise. It helps me process and move emotions. I also know I need to eat a pretty steady whole foods diet. Uh, I've done a lot of work in terms of understanding my own nutrition, my gut health, all of those things. And so I know that contributes and impacts my mental health. Also research says so, but I know what I need and what that looks like. I know I need a certain amount of sleep. I'm very mindful and aware of what I pay attention to in terms of news and media. So I actually don't really watch the news at all because let's be honest, not happy. I follow the happy broadcast or the happy project on Instagram. I can't quite remember what it's called. Anyway, it's phenomenal. I really spend, um, if I am looking at news, I am spending time. It's called the happy broadcast. Uh, if I am spending time, following the news it's that because I want to know the good stuff that's happening in the world because I want to feel like that and if there is something happening in the world I need to know about it someone inevitably will tell me because that's what many people are focused on and so then I pay attention to what I need to know I don't over consume it so I'm really mindful of what energy is coming to me I'm also really mindful of where I spend my energy that is part of my strategy how do I feel today how much energy do I have what is my thinking like Uh, do I feel like I can be present here what what can, how can I exercise today or how, do I need to go to bed earlier? A lot of tuning in and checking in. That's all part of my wellness strategy. Planning my day and thinking about what are those things that are really important that I want to tackle. Time blocking and saying I'm definitely doing this, this and this. Giving myself time to check out whether that is during the day and saying I'm definitely going to go and have a lunch break and go for a walk and and do those things if that's affordable to me in my calendar or saying, you know, once five o'clock comes, I'm clocking off. Today, for example, it's actually school holidays. So many of you all know my partner's a teacher uh, or um, not even related to him. This morning I went to the hairdressers and then uh, we went to the shops and did a few things and I didn't start working until three o'clock today. I did do my emails in the morning because that's a habit I've built into place. I have my coffee and I quickly go through my emails in case there's anything urgent. But, you know, just listening and tuning in and going, you know, that's all I'm going to do today and that's okay. These little daily habits is not doesn't necessarily mean it's the same all of the time or it's the same routine all of the time. It's just those little things that we do consistently that become part of who we are, that create who we are. That's essentially what we're tuning in and looking to do. So what is your wellness strategy? Figure that out. If you don't know what it is, that's your first, if you don't even know what you're trying to achieve, that's your first step. And then from there, really giving yourself some time to reflect and consider what works for me. It's taken me a really long time to be able to know what I need and to be comfortable with it. It's not what other people need. Sometimes what works one day doesn't work the other. And I really had to do some work around the habits I had and where I am now and ask, am I doing this because it does work for me? Or am I doing it because someone else does, or I'm telling myself I need to, or I saw someone else do it. And so I think I should do it. It's a huge, huge piece to just be able to sit with that. And that might be your first step, you know, I was doing some school PD last week and someone shared they actually don't know what their well-being looks like. And I think, great, what an amazing opportunity to be able to design it. What an amazing opportunity to say, I don't know. Because what that gives you is an open space to be able to create. And I think there's benefit in that in some way over doing things that you've adopted from someone else. And then asking and or realizing that they're not your strategy, you've just borrowed them and then you have to find something else. And so 
there's a lot in being able to sit with the uncomfortableness of not knowing and feeling into that and then designing something that supports you because it may go against what you've been doing for a while it may go against part of your identity it may go against how people know you and so there's a whole narrative there that shifts and um a bunch of expectations and maybe you know like I in my own experience in my own example even something like going to bed earlier which sounds really trivial and not like a big deal but what that means is the time my partner and I spend together watching tv of an evening has to shift earlier and so it's a whole conversation there and it's it's really being okay with saying you know what this is what I need this is part of my wellness strategy this is what I'm trying to achieve and knowing that for the most part people you share it with will support you so leaning into that being okay with that and really letting that happen letting that be okay letting that absolutely be a part of what you need so i'm going to leave you with that i'm going to leave you with the opportunity to consider what your wellness strategy is and if you are really stuck and you're like oh i need some help and i've been there feel free to reach out for a coaching conversation if that's what you want to do or think about joining elevate with us now elevate is going to go through a name change and a bit of a rebrand shortly it's going to be called teacher wellbeing accelerator so keep your eye out for that uh same program as elevate though with a few bonus extras so i'm really looking forward to having some of you join that i'm excited to be able to start doing more of this work with you you know we're, going to, we're only going to get changed with intentional work and this is part of it so if you need anything, please reach out. But as always, have a lovely day, night, evening, whatever time of day it is for you. And I will see you somewhere soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It was an absolute delight to have you here. If you want to learn more about the work I do in the wellness strategy, whether it's for your own personal well-being or professional and workplace well-being, the best place to hang out with me is on LinkedIn. I share with you an immense amount of content, strategy, and information that's going to help you transform your well-being right now. So head over there. Simple LinkedIn, Amy Green. You should be able to find that. It's also in the show notes. And if you need anything else, I'm across all other social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and I'm even trying out TikTok. So you never know where this is going to go. But thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you need anything at all, you can always send me an email. You can find me on those socials. But most importantly, just keep doing the work of well-being.